Good morning, everyone. After uh, Charlie's comment there, every single donkey I see, I'm going to name it Charlie. That'll be helpful. Uh, just encourage you to open up your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 1. And we're just going to read a few verses here, Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 39. And I'm going to encourage you to keep that open because we're going to uh, look back at it several times uh, in the process. Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 39. Listen closely. This is God's word for us today. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let's go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I've come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Friends, this is God's word for us today. Thank you, God. Thank you so much that you speak to us through your word, that you challenge us, that you encourage us, that you help us know how much you love us, and you also help us know that you are willing to come into our lives and transform us and encourage us and, and grow us. And we just pray you'll do that good work in our hearts today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to tell you about a pastor uh, who had a, a, a little problem. He had a kitten that was uh, kind of up a, a tree, a real small tree, not a tree that, that the pastor could climb, and, uh, but not small enough that he could bend it. But he thought, maybe if I get a rope... And I kind of throw it up high in the tree and I tie it to my car. I could sort of like, you know, drive a little bit and bend the tree just a little enough so the kitten could get down. And so he decided to try it. So he throws the rope up there and he gets it in, uh, tied to the car. And he drives a little way and the tree's bending down. He's like, oh, just a little bit more, just a little bit more will do it. And he just went a little bit more. And the rope breaks and the tree goes, wing, like this. And the cat just sails away. Sails away. Well, the minister goes running all over the neighborhood. Have you seen a little kitten? And nobody's seen the cat. And finally the pastor's like, I, God, I don't know where that cat went. I just, into your hands, Lord, I commit this cat. You know, well, the next day he's at the grocery store and he sees a lady who lives kind of far down the street. And he knows she hates cats, and she's buying cat food. And he says, what are you buying cat food for? I know you hate cats. She says, Pastor, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. I, uh, my daughter's been just pestering me for a cat. Mom, can I have a cat? Can I have a cat? And finally I said to her, honey, if the Lord sends you a cat, <laughs> you can have the cat. And pastor, I want you to know, my daughter must be some kind of prayer warrior because I saw her. She went out in the backyard right by the pool. She got down on her knees, and I could see her praying, Lord, please send me a cat. And a cat came flying out of the air, landed in the pool right in front of her. I'm buying cat food today, pastor, because God sent a cat. Now, that would be some pretty powerful prayer, don't you think? 
or certainly something that would uh, encourage us uh, in our faith about prayer. I'm going to talk about prayer. Pastor Kristen and I are going to talk about prayer for the um, next couple weeks here. And we're going to explore all sorts of things. You know, what is prayer and how, how do you do it? And, and, and what are some of the obstacles that we experience and the challenges that come in prayer? And we're going to do a little practicing of prayer. And um, I just want to personally invite you to get involved with the, the small groups that are starting around prayer they're uh, four to six weeks long, and uh, you get together with another group of uh, folks and um, just being together and, and uh, learning more about prayer. There's sign-ups in the uh, gallery today. I hope that you will take seriously that, that opportunity that is there for you. And also, uh, certainly, uh, Tom Holland, our director of faith activation, is always looking for folks that he can add to um, uh, his prayer list, people who are uh, praying for the church. If you are interested in that, just let us know uh, here at the office. But, um, okay, so we're going to look at prayer, but I want to ask you a simple question first. Why bother? You looking for a cat? <laughs> Besides that, why bother? Why bother with this prayer thing? If I said to most people who say they're Christians, I said, is it important to pray? Most people would be like, absolutely, yeah. We should pray. That's important. <laughs> but then if I said, why? I, get, I, I bet I get a lot of different answers on that one. And maybe some blank stares. Why should we bother with this prayer thing? Well, I want to look at three answers that come from Scripture today and um, just want to explore that today with you. Uh, I want to show you a picture here of a person whose to-do list is out of control. You got that shot? There we go. It's, there's nothing marked on those pieces of paper, but I think you understand what's going on, right? Is this anybody here today? Is this anybody's life? When uh, I was um, uh, driving kids to school the other day, it was about a month ago, um, take the kids up, and oh, somebody forgot their... Um, um, gym bag and something else happened and then there was the musical was after school and then people left at different times and then there was a meeting at school and about new computers and I, I went to school and back six times in one day it was like my full-time job and I have a full-time job it, I, it just it just felt like wow that life can feels so frantic. It can feel, it can just sort of overwhelm you. Author uh, Randy Frazee notes that the chaotic lifestyle of the typical American family drives people so strongly that they have squeezed living out of life. Squeezed living out of life. We're so busy, we forget how busy we are. You know, 36% of employees in one survey say that they do not plan to take their whole vacation this year. Have you seen that, uh, that MasterCard commercial where the kids say that over 400 million paid vacation days will not be taken this year? And the kids are like, what? Are you stupid? Just take one more vacation day. I, I love that. It's, uh, I, I'm sure, you know, it seems so obvious as a kid, but, you know, I could imagine as adults we might say, yeah, but, wow, I'm just so busy. If you knew all the stuff... I have to get done. Well, let's look again at 
Jesus in this passage and what he does in the midst of his busy life. Very early, this is verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Now, the last time somebody came up to you and said, everyone is looking for you, did you feel calm at that point? Did you feel, oh, well, that's great. I'm so glad everyone's looking for me. Probably not. When people come up with that kind of intensity, it's like, oh, boy, there's an agenda. Oh, man, I've somehow stepped outside of maybe what people's plans were for me. Jesus has an agenda set upon him by Simon, who's uh, Simon Peter, that's who that is, and the other folks there. See, with the passage just before what we read, it, it tells that they're in Capernaum, this little town next to the Sea of Galilee. And while there, Jesus has preached in the synagogue, and then he's, he's healed people. He, people who were sick came to him, and he's laid hands on them and healed them, and he's driven out some demons from people who were tormented. And so people have come. People were coming all day long. And people were getting healed. And the, the followers of Jesus are looking around. They're like, whoa, this is serious. Wow, Capernaum could become like this center for healing. We could set up a clinic. We could start an institution. We could start a hospital. Jesus could be the main doctor. This place could become famous. We could sell a lot of stuff here. This is important. And they wake up in the morning and Jesus is gone. They're like, where are you? What are you doing? And they go out and they search and they find him out on the hillside outside of town. And they say, everyone is looking for you. What? Don't you realize the plans we have for you, Jesus? And Jesus does realize those plans. This is what he says, verse 38. Let's go somewhere else. <laughs> what? He says, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Friends, get this. Prayer helps us live life well. Prayer helps us live life well. Jesus goes out and spends time with God in prayer, and here's the net result. When others, even his close friends, come to him with the frantic demands and agendas and visions that they have for him, for stuff for him to do, he's not swayed by that. It doesn't help him, it doesn't cause him to lose focus. Because he's been in prayer, because he's been connected to God, he knows exactly what to do. He knows exactly that that is not what he should do. Instead, he says, you know what? No, I should do what I'm called to do. Let's go to the other villagers. Because I'm supposed to go out and preach. The healing part is a wonderful blessing, a wonderful benefit, something that, in a sense, calls people towards me. But really, my, my number one goal here is to proclaim the coming of the kingdom of God, that something big is about to happen that's going to transform people's lives, and it's going to be different for people all over the world because of what I'm about to do. I'm not just going to stay in Capernaum. I'm going to move beyond that vision. He knows exactly what to do. He knows who he is and what he's supposed to be doing with his life, and he has the courage to do it. And that's because he's been talking to God. 
It's because he's clear. He's not tempted by the popularity. He's not swayed by other people's plans. It helps him keep a grasp on reality. It helps him remember the real task that he's called to do. Prayer gives Jesus direction in the middle of constant choices and options. Doesn't that sound nice? Direction in the middle of constant choices and options. Do you live with constant choices and options? I I checked this out. I confirmed this last night. In California alone, there are 93 different kinds of peanut butter available in the grocery store. 93. You got your chunky? Got your creamy? Got your natural? Got your low fat? Got your honey roasted? You got, I'm sure it just goes on, it goes on and on for 93 different varieties. Wow. And friends, you and I, I mean, we're faced with a lot more important choices than peanut butter. I mean, what will we do with our lives this year? How many of the choices and opportunities that are laid before us will we take up and how many will we set aside and how will we make those decisions and what will we know to do? How will we know to do it? That's um, something that prayer can give to us, clarity. It can give us clarity in the midst of the fog of life. Should my kid play travel soccer this year? I don't know. Should you? Should we go on vacation this year? I don't know. Should I take a second job? Should I start dating that person? Should I go to that school? Should we move? We have a lot of choices, big choices, huge choices. A lot more important than peanut butter. But it's the peanut butter that can overwhelm us. Hundreds of those kind of choices, thousands pushed upon us. It's hard not to lose our focus. Luke 6, 12 and 13 says, the night before Jesus chose his 12 disciples, he spent that night in prayer asking God what he should do. He comes out of that time with prayer of prayer and from the hundreds of people who are following him, he is able to choose the 12 who are going to be part of his inner circle. He does that because prayer brings clarity. Prayer helps us live life well. It helps us sift through all those things that are coming at us. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he prays to confirm that it's truly God's will for him to be sacrificed. All over the Gospels, Jesus is praying. He's staying connected to God. He's keeping connected to reality that way. He's staying grounded because he's talking to God. And God is talking to him. You know, this is available to you as well. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. That's prayer. Just ask God. And he'll give, he who gives generously to all, without finding fault, will, it will be given to you, that wisdom. Do you want to live life well? Well, prayer can do that. Prayer can help you. Prayer helps us live life well. Well, I want to tell you a little story about my Christmas tree this year. Um, we got um, a little bit overambitious in the Allen family household. And uh, the tree that didn't look that big in the field turned out to be a little over nine feet tall in our house. It was pretty crazy. It was the biggest tree I've ever bought. And um, when uh, Christmas was all over and it was time to take the tree out, we took the tree out. And I thought, 
well, I'll just, you know, pull it out and pull it back into the backwoods and kind of let it rot down for a little while, and then we'll do something with it later. And um, I want you to know that that tree is sitting right next to the side of my house. And it's because, I don't know if any of you noticed, but we had some snow this year. And there was like two feet of snow. My house looked like the tundra here. No, it, it didn't really. But it, it was, there was like two feet of snow. And that tree was really heavy. And I started dragging it around the side of my house. And I'm like, I got to break the trail all the way back here. I'm not going to do it. This tree is going to sit here. And it, it still is. I will deal with it. <laughs> Hopefully I'll deal with it soon if some of you come by. But I, I just want to... If somebody else has broken the trail and you are taking steps in their footsteps, it's so much easier than if you have to do it yourself. If you're walking in somebody else's footsteps, in a sense, you're imitating exactly what they did. You are a person who is doing what the other person did before you, and it's making your life easier. Now, let's look at our passage again. Verse 35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. What's Jesus doing? He's prioritizing prayer. He's putting it first thing in the morning, first thing in his life. Before everybody can get to him and distract him, he's going, wait a minute, got to stay focused here on what's really important. Luke chapter 5, verse 16 says these words, Jesus often, often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Now remember, Jesus was a rabbi. Jesus had a bunch of people who were following him around. And those people were called disciples. And what did ancient disciples do? Ancient disciples did something that's our next point. Ancient disciples imitated their master. Disciples imitate their master. Ancient disciples would attempt to imitate everything that the rabbi they were following did. They would memorize his words and they would repeat those words. They would tell other people those words, but it wasn't just words. They would attempt to act like the rabbi. They would attempt to dress like the rabbi, to walk and talk like him. That was part of what it meant to imitate the rabbi. They spent their money the same way. They spent their time the same way. They valued the same tasks that the rabbi valued. They valued the same people the rabbi valued. They just basically did the same stuff as the rabbi. So what is Jesus doing? He's prioritizing prayer. He's going out often to pray. He's incorporating prayer into the warp and the woof of his life. He's showing us that living by prayer is the way to live life well. That if you really want to live life well, that if you're connected to God, that is the way to do it. And who are we, church? Who are we? We're disciples. We're not just believers. We're not just people who intellectually say, yeah, okay, I, I've heard that, and, and I understand, and, and I believe that. But if we're who God is calling us to be, we're disciples. We're supposed to be imitators of Christ. Now, None of us can do that perfectly. All of us are messed up in our own ways. All of us are broken in our own ways. And we serve a loving and kind God who meets us right where we are and helps us right in our situation. But that doesn't take away the call to imitate the master. Disciples imitate their master. 
that's, uh, that's kind of a heavy load right there. It's, it's, it's a pretty loaded word, obedience. Obedience. To obey that call to imitate. Once again, none of us are perfect. But that call of imitation, to imitate the master, that's something that causes us, that's one of the reasons why we should bother about prayer. Just because Jesus valued it. And we're Jesus followers. It can help you live life well. It's your call as a disciple to imitate the master. And finally, one more reason to bother with prayer. I, um, I was uh, driving last week. And um, I was just, I was praying. I was talking to God. I was letting him know all the things that I was thinking about. I was concerned about. I was kind of laying it all out. And I was feeling like, oh, I just got to let God know these things. And all of a sudden, and I, this is the most basic thing, but it was so true. All of a sudden, it just hit me. God hears my prayer. I, I was like, wait a minute, God hears this prayer. God know not just, you know, oh yeah, God hears your prayer, but no, the words coming out of my mouth and my needs, God cares. He hears that prayer. That is so huge. I was so encouraged by that. I was just like, I'm not just saying these words. This isn't just some psychological reinforcement experience. I'm talking to the living God, and he hears my prayer. That's huge. I love the fact that when you pray, anytime you think, even think about praying or reading your Bible or coming to church or anything like that, anytime you even think about it, it's because God is reaching out to you. It's not because you're going, oh, wow, yeah, I'm having a kind of a spiritual moment here. It's because God is reaching out to you and saying, wouldn't you like to connect with me? I've got so much for you. Wouldn't you like to talk to me about it? So I'm, I was just so encouraged. And it, it brings me to my third moment. Why, why should we bother about prayer? Because God is awesome. God is so awesome. He loves us so much. He just, he's reaching out to us. He wants to be connected to us. He wants to be in a relationship with us. You know, I think it's so cool how God calls himself. He, he doesn't call himself uh, uh, God of the universe, God who made the sun. I am the God who uh, controls all things. I'm the God who knows everything. He doesn't talk about himself that way in the Old Testament. He says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now think about that. That's really weird. God is defining himself by these human beings, these broken human beings, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's saying, I'm the God. My identity is I'm the God of these human beings. Do you know how important that makes human beings? Wow. Do you know how precious that means human beings are in the image of God, uh, who are made in the image of God? God just loves us. God is awesome. I want to just hang out with God. I, I want to talk to him in prayer because he's listening. He cares. That's just so huge. I was uh, talking with Benny Carlson, our director of uh, children's ministries here, last week. It was Wednesday, I think, and I was, uh, I was talking to him, and he goes, hey, Bill, um, I know you kind of live sort of near the lake, and have you heard any loons down there on Bemis Bay? I'm like, Benny, loons? That's like the Adirondacks, man. That's like, you know, 
New England. There's no loons around here. He goes, no, no, seriously. There are loons here for a very short time in the early spring. They must be migrating somewhere. And he says, I've been out on the bay fishing several times, and I've heard loons. I'm like, really? Okay, whatever. Friday morning. I'm up early. I'm sitting by an open window. I'm reading. And this is what I hear. It was awesome. <laughs> it was so good. I ran. I said, Kristen, come here. There's loons. She's like, there's no loons out there. I said, no, no, seriously, you got to hear. She came. She heard it too. You know, I never knew there were loons out there for a short time. But once I was told, it's like my ear was ready. I was ready to listen. And all of a sudden I heard them out there. You know, once I know that God is listening to me, but also that he wants to speak back to me, wow, I might just hear something from God. It might just be worth my time to spend time with God because he might just communicate back to me. I think it's pretty cool that Jesus went into nature so often to connect with God. The night after he had fed the 5,000 people, he went up on the mountain, it says, to pray by himself. Just want to end with uh, this picture of a campfire. I don't know uh, how many of you like sitting around a campfire, but I love sitting around a campfire. You know, when you sit around a campfire, I just want to point out that you're not getting anything done. You okay with that? You are not being productive. And, and, and you know what? It's awesome, isn't it? Nobody's saying, Oh, I don't know, how much uh, work did you get done in this amount of time? Nobody's measuring that. You're just hanging out. You're just hanging out with friends. The only thing you're getting done is burning wood. But a far more important thing is happening. You're with people that you love. And you're just hanging around. Friends, God is awesome. And he just wants to hang out with us at the campfire. The campfire of prayer. When you're talking to God and listening to God, it's like being with your best friend by the campfire. Being in prayer helps you live your life well. And yeah, it's a call for disciples to imitate their master. But friends, best of all, you get to hang out with an awesome God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you love us so much and that you just want to hang out with us. You are the Lord of the universe, but you love us and we are welcome into your presence anytime. I pray that we will go forth from this place inspired to hang out with you. I pray it in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.